0: complement delicious peanut butter with sweet and soft banana slices and then top it off with bacon an unlikely set of ingredients which nonetheless are fit for a king or when it comes to peanut butter bananas are no jelly and bacon isn't saving this sandwich like old shep take this one behind the barn and compost it who's right let's find out this week in our ongoing quest to pick our favorite sandwich the elvis
1: is it affordable Ethical, is it healthy and clean? Is it first aid appropriate? Even though he's married, is the origin true? Doesn't matter to me. All that really matters is celebrities. Joe
2: will pick a sandwich now. It's his religion to figure it out. He ate the food.
1: He'll rape, he'll chew.
3: will it end up on the menu? Oh, what sandwich will he choose? Joe picks a sandwich now.
1: Sandwiches. Dan, so excited to talk about the Elvis. What a sandwich.
0: Yeah. And even though I picked it, you know, as we were talking about last week, I was just sort of picking the peanut butter and banana sandwich, which I knew was sort of the Elvis, but I'd never had it with bacon before. And now I've had it with bacon two different ways this week, as opposed to having it uh, al dente, without bacon. Yes,
1: al dente famously means Italian without bacon.
0: (laughs) Yes. And, uh, you know, I'm excited for this episode because, uh, you know... the. It is one of those things where even though I picked the sandwich, I sort of got to see another dimension of this sandwich, and uh, I'm excited to talk about it, Joe.
1: Now, a little bit of like podcast rewind. You said in the PB&J episode, uh, the second episode, you concluded that you were putting the PB&J in the compost bin, or your recommendation at least, but not peanut butter. You wanted to be clear that you still felt like peanut butter was a worthwhile base to consider for the perfect sandwich.
0: Yes. And at the time, I sort of had this uh, this banana in my holster, ready to roll. Ready? Yeah. I, I felt like...
1: You had the sandwich locked in the chamber.
0: Uh, right in the chamber, I had the banana in there. I say, take that jelly off, put the banana on. I felt like that would make for a better sandwich.
1: Now, now just so our, our listeners understand the stakes of this episode, if, if we don't put this in the compost, or if we do put this in the compost bin, if we don't like it, are you out on peanut butter or are there – do you have other peanut butter bananas in your, in your quiver like, or, or peanut butter sandwiches? Or, are, are you – do you have other peanut butter things in mind?
0: I feel like my holster will definitely be empty. Banana wow. was all I had in the holster. As far as the quiver goes, you know the quiver is is a bit deeper. You know the yes, quiver yes, goes down like yes. a good eighteen inches or so. Yeah,
1: the holster is small. I mean, there's like, oh, only small. one or two things in there. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it, it just fits a banana. Like yeah. that's it. Yeah. You pull the banana right out. Yeah, uh, c- can be useful. You never know when you're going to need in a pinch. But I'll I'll say this, for my perspective, and I, look, I can't predict into the future, but I can say for all of the rest of 2019. I mean, this doesn't include listener suggestions it doesn't include your suggestions but i think for me for 2019 this would be my last peanut butter based sandwich
1: wow wow that's bold but you're not precluding a 2020 peanut butter sandwich
0: 2020 is gonna be a crazy year you know not
1: ruled out 2020 yet
0: at that point we not only will be the longest running sandwich podcast but we will literally have done more sandwich episodes than every other sandwich podcast put together so it's true. It's true. <laughs> we could either be running out of ideas, or maybe our horizons will have been expanded so much that you know we'll be trying crazy things. That you know, who knows? What, you know, peanut butter and banana. It it does in some sense seem like a pretty odd combination, but uh, you know, it, it's obviously quite famous. I mean, it's it's called the Elvis. It, it's a it's uh, maybe popularized by Elvis, maybe not. I'm not sure, but it's still sort of an odd thing. So, like, I could imagine peanut butter really could combine with lots of different things and still be good.
1: Well, I mean, we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see. I think that, uh, you know, peanut butter is a worthwhile ingredient, and, you know, it it may survive into many other sandwiches. We don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. But we don't have to worry about those so many other sandwiches, Joe, because we really have just an exciting sandwich. And, I, you know, I, I always feel a little bit more... Um, excited. I think when I pick the sandwich, the stakes are a little bit higher. I'm a little anxious yep. to see yep. what you're going to think of it. But I, I actually don't think, uh, looking at my outline here, I don't think we can get to the sandwich right away, Joe. I think we have a little bit of business to conduct first.
1: Okay, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of business do we have?
0: I'm like sort of trying to set you up there, Joe, because all I know is I have had two different people send me two different audio files. I have not listened to them. I don't know what has been arranged or what's been set up. I, I, I think I know at a high level what is about to happen. But at a, at a lower level, I don't know what's going to happen with these audio files, Joseph. Can you set up what, what does uh, FanWitch Tony and potentially FanWitch Pam? I'm not sure. What do, they, what do they have to do with anything?
1: Oh, Dan, I'm so excited that you asked. So, you know, of the many segments we have on this podcast, which is, I mean, I actually think only three, really, which is the podcast, Spinning the Wheel, and then Sandwich Court. I would say Sandwich Court has become the, at least, second favorite of our three. They like it more than the regular podcast. <laughs> and they like, people like it almost as much as when we spin the wheel. Yeah. Would you agree with that? It's... Well, the podcast it, is a distant third. Oh, wow. Oh, I, mean, I mean, it's it's not even on the radar for folks, but... People love sandwich court. It's a hit. Dang. But I was, I was thinking, Dan, as, as I want to do, that you know it's not perfect because the sort of the construct of sandwich court was always a little flawed in that I had to both bring the case because certainly you know, you're not out there soliciting fun sandwich court ideas. Um, I had to argue the pro, argue the con, and be one of the judges. <laughs> it was a lot to ask for.
0: Your quiver was, was full.
1: It's not no, my quiver was empty that's the problem it's not It's not how our normal judicial system works either uh, so
0: you took so, out in the in your quiver you had your gavel yes. for your judgment you had your your my barrister
1: binder,
0: wig yeah your binder of arguments or. Yes. or are for the uh, pro side and the con side. So you really did just empty everything out, and then you probably had a few arrows in there just in case, because you also had to be the bailiff just in case things yeah. got out of hand.
1: And I don't know why, but there was a banana in there too. <laughs> so, <laughs> no.
0: so you're doing all that work. You need some of uh, jolt of yeah. energy at some.
1: point. I need some potassium, man. Come on. So, so I got to thinking, Dan. Uh, you know what? We need some some sandwich barristers. We, we need we need we need to bar some some attorneys into the sandwich court, let them come, state the argument, let them come you know make their case, and then you and I can just be the judges
0: Bewitchters
1: <laughs> bear, bear fine yes i'll 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 allow it <laughs> all right bearwichters all right uh so uh then I thought, well, okay, who are these potential bearwitchters and i I realized we have a super fan in our midst. Who is basically a like professional arguer? Yeah, I mean, would you agree with that? Tony, I mean, Tony's like Tony. Tony teaches people how to debate.
0: Uh, I only saw him uh, in his um, in his earlier days when he was not teaching people, but he was uh, doing it himself. I wouldn't say he was one of the uh, most ambitious debaters I ever saw, but he did get by very well on his innate talent. So, I for. For sure, he is an incredibly talented arguer with a lot of latent ability that I think if, you know, he puts the time in, boy, he, he might go in the Witchster Hall of Fame.
1: And on the other side, I, I've been assured that Pam is his equal, if not his better at arguing.
0: I'm sure. You know, so, behind uh, every uh, successful... What? What is this saying? Like, oh, what's I a mean, Moderately
1: successful, I guess. You know,
0: yeah. What is a non-Me uh, Too, anti-Me Too way to say that?
1: There's really no way to say okay. it. <laughs> Behind every successful woman is Joe Biden kissing their head. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> anyway, Pam is great. There's no, no doubt about that.
1: <laughs> um, I mean, seriously, Joe Biden's got to st- stop kissing people on the back of the head.
0: Really? It's not cool. It's not it's cool. Weird.
1: It's weird. You know, the only thing that could save him now is if Obama comes out and is like, yeah, you do that to me too. It's it's just a thing he does.
0: (laughs) There's like a a videotape of Obama's about to walk out to give the State of Union and Joe Biden's like, good luck, buddy.
1: Yeah, that was the other pictures from that like war room when they were capturing bin Laden. (laughs) Uh, So And Hillary's
0: like, (laughs) like, please keep Biden like 10 feet from me.
1: Yeah. Um, So so anyway, uh, so I thought, you know, let's enlist – the help of sandwiches, Pam and Tony, get them to argue the pro and the con. And then you and I can just sit back and be the judges.
0: So I have received an audio file from Tony. I don't know what's on it. I assume it is everything you've said. But Joe, in a shocking twist, I've also received an audio file from none other than Fanwich Jeff. So without further ado, let's get into this.
2: In
3: the sandwich justice system open-case sandwiches must come before two separate (laughs) but
0: equally hungry scholars to be digested and settled. These are those
2: sandwiches. Let us all rise for the honorable justices Birkin and Mizrahi.
0: Okay, and then that's amazing. Let's go right into.
1: The well, next. now hold on, hold on, hold on. I think I may have to set up what the case is. I don't know if he does or not.
0: Well, let's find out. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna give. Well, give <laughs> fan Tony the floor, and if no, he's not but, setting it up, then we'll stop it.
1: I, I I'm sure he's not going to set it up. He might. Give him a I chance. Need, I think I need to announce what the case is before the justice. Well, is.
0: just give him a chance, okay? If he sounds like he's going to get into the argument, I'll stop it. Jo- Let's live a little, Joe. Come on, right.
2: because there is no court in the land where you can both argue and adjudicate. We're introducing lawyers to sandwich court to take on the respective sides. Court is now in session with Fanwich Tony, myself,
3: and me, Pam,
2: to represent their cases.
3: On the docket for today is a landmark case with a homemade sandwich, regular sliced bread. Do you make a diagonal cut or do you cut it straight down the middle? Making the opening statement for the diagonals, whoa, whoa, me, Pam. (laughs) This is a no-brainer. It's diagonal all the way. I have four major points. First, it's a lot more aesthetically pleasing and it looks more professional. Whatever diner or restaurant you go to, it's most likely that they'll cut your sandwich diagonally. So keep it consistent between all the restaurants you go to and how you make it at home. Point number two, you get optimal bites. You start with the acute corners first, or if you're really into geometry, the vectors of the sandwich, and then there are two perfect bites in the middle, or if you have a really big mouth, you bite the vectors first, and then take one big bite in the middle, which should be very satisfying. Also, if you don't like crust, there are more bites and more surface area where you're not eating crust, compared to um, eating a straight cut sandwich, where basically the last few bites you're eating crust. And number three, the diagonal cut makes the sandwich look a lot bigger. There's something to be said about architecture, angles, and illusion. If you cut it diagonally, it just looks like you're getting a lot more. Um, kind of like bang for your buck. And lastly, number four, diagonal cut sandwiches are optimized for dipping. If you want to dip your sandwich in au jus, oh, ketchup, mustard, ranch, mayo, um, whatever you want to do to zazz up your sandwich, a diagonal cut sandwich is way better for dipping.
2: So, if you're at home, which is what this case says, the straight down the middle is the way to go, just like your mom used to do. Doesn't matter what the delis are doing. But there's also good practical reasons for going straight down the middle. The first is evenly distributed bites. With a rectangular cut, you ensure that you get equal proportions of ingredients throughout. And also, you don't have any of this small corner and then hearty middle bites. That's just bad for digestion. The second main reason you go down the middle is cleanliness. With a a diagonal cut, if you go for that crustless bite first and just bite into the middle, you risk getting condiments all over your face. And with more turning and biting from all directions, if you try to start with the corners and then move towards the middle, there's just much more risk for stuff falling out. And the third... It's just an easier and more practical cut to keep all the ingredients in. Some sandwich ingredients, like lettuce, are not meant to be cut diagonally, and you risk getting a very even distribution.
3: Okay. Well, here's my rebuttal and closing statement. There's a reason why there's a whole area of study called food psychology. We eat with our eyes, and aesthetics do matter.
2: And I say, don't make the mistake of form over function. It's a homemade sandwich. Keep it simple. Cut down the middle.
3: Diagonal all the way. Straight down the middle. Diagonal all the way.
0: All right, everybody, please. Order, order, please. Oh, wow, wow, that's a rowdy courtroom. After opening and. Not no um, whatever goes in between the opening and closing statements.
1: No, no, we don't need middle statements. <laughs> We're a, done.
0: There are no middle We're statements. Done. We're done. There's no
1: expert witnesses here. Uh, it no. was
0: really just like a statement and then a quick <laughs> one sentence summary at the end. I loved it. I mean, you've got to tip your cap to our Bearwichters. I I felt like each case was presented in a very strong fashion with points that I had not considered. And um, I'm I'm left with much to think about here, Joe.
1: First of all, hats off to the Bear Witchers, or, you know, our 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 white coiffed wigs off to our Barristers. Uh, but also, you know, hats off to music laureate Jeff. That's amazing.
0: It, it was a great team Once effort. Once again,
1: he comes through. Um, just in
0: the nick of time as well. I mean, just hours before the recording time he comes up with that
1: i feel like we've 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 had had some pretty easy sandwich court cases thus far this feels like a big one this is this is setting some some strong precedent for the lower courts
0: i think it is and i'm honestly i'm i'm quite conflicted about it because i would say you know as much as i like to be like our uh, great chief justice and swing vote on the supreme supreme court i like to just call balls and strikes here but I admit, I, I came into this with a, a feeling about what I thought was right. But I dare say I, I find myself vacillating between each side now, the more I think about it.
1: Well, and, you know, I think, first of all, I think the court, this court should recognize that there are certain sandwiches that demand certain cuts. We're not talking about that, right? We're talking about what you do for a sandwich that doesn't dictate how you cut it.
0: Well, could you provide an example for, for the court and your fellow justice?
1: Well, I mean, I would say the vast, vast, vast majority of, let's say, um, grilled cheese sandwiches that I see are diagonal cuts. Yes, yes. And so, you know, I wouldn't want us to get bogged down in, in only picturing a grilled cheese sandwich in our head.
0: What about a uh, the cucumber tea sandwich? That seems like a very uh, rectangular type sandwich.
1: That's a rectangular sandwich. Absolutely. That's a great example, right? So, So I think that there are just some that – that the sort of the the construction of the sandwich demands how you cut it. But for the vast majority of sandwiches out there, it's the wild west. There's no there's no, you know, the ingredients will get down to the like uh the exactness of how much ketchup or mustard or whatever you should use, yet not tell you how to cut it. It it's it's a huge gray area.
0: It is true. I mean, I'm 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 trying to think that even this week, I feel like when I made this sandwich, I think I even cut it different ways as I was making them.
1: So it seemed like the best arguments for the rectangle cut were cleanliness, sort of even distribution, and kind of like a simplicity and tradition.
0: Well, I'll tell you one thing I would be very interested in if we were opened up for, for questioning. I would like to see if there was some sort of citation on that aid in digestion because Mm. if
1: true it's a bold claim yeah (laughs) it's
0: it's a very bold claim if that claim is backed up by the fda i think that is you know if there's a a medical reason why one cut is is preferable over the other one i think that's huge you know that is a real ace in the hole and joe at sandwich court our bear they are nothing but the most honorable and noble of sandwiches who i think are arguing in fully good faith so I as a justice just have to just have to assume that's true. I have to assume that that is an FDA verified yeah. claim.
1: And his opposing counsel didn't 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 challenge that point, you know? Absolutely. That so, is true. So I think we have to accept it uh as as factually true. On on the other side, on the diagonal cut side, there's there's this idea of having having a better bite experience. You have better bites, uh it looks bigger, it's aesthetically pleasing. And this dipping point was a great point that I had not thought of before.
0: Oh, the dipping point is is a phenomenal point. As somebody who likes to dip, I like to dip my grilled cheese sandwiches in a uh, tomato soup, for example. Boy, you know, that, getting that, holding it on one opposing corner or vector, yep. not quite sure. <laughs> that's, what vector is really adding much to the description or that's really mathematically accurate. But it is true that, and not only does it give you that perfect dipping for corner, perfect corner for dipping, it also enables you to sort of keep your hand much farther away from the dipping area as you go because it sort of elongates the sandwich. Yep. yep. By by using that angle, so I mean it is just the dipping argument is just an absolute slam dunk.
1: So Dan, are you ready to make a ruling?
0: I am ready. Even as we summarized it, I I, I felt my views challenged a bit, but. It, like, in my internal sandwich court, and uh, all all sandwich court justices, we all have our internal sandwich court, you know, inside of our uh, our brains sure. and our stomachs. Beaver biases,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: In my internal sandwich court, this is a 5-4. It's tight. You know, to me, this is not an easy ruling, but I know what I am going to rule. Would you, Would you like me to go first, or would you like to say it at the same time? What would you like to do?
1: I mean, I have my ruling, too, so... I guess we could just say it.
0: Yeah, let's say it at the same time. Okay. Okay.
1: Three. Oh, Oh. Oh, shit. (laughs) This is a well-run courtroom.
0: Okay. (laughs) All sandwich court, we know we count down. Three, two, one, then say it out loud. Okay. Three, two, one, rectangular. Oh, no. (laughs) Wow. Another
1: split court.
0: Split decision. And as I said, for me, it was 5-4. But I look, I, I I respect diagonal. And again, to me, it's a 5-4. But the arguments that moved me the most were that, A, the digestive implications went unchallenged. Which we accept
1: to, as fact, fact I right? I have a- to accept as fact. Absolutely.
0: But even barring that, I do appreciate the consistency argument. Because especially having the sandwich we had this week where you've got something like bacon involved i think when you cut diagonal it's it's in those little corners it's really hard to get the the fair share of ingredients and i think that's the case with almost any sandwich that's got any sort of ingredient that isn't just like perfectly flat and level sort of like like the grilled cheese obviously is perfect for a diagonal cuz a grilled cheese is evenly distributed perfectly and it, you know the grill, the cheese is even exploding out of the sandwich normally so there's no issue but for any like the sandwich i made this week club sandwich any other type of sandwich where you're, you're having a bunch of ingredients i think you cut it down that rectangular portion and it, it it is going to make a huge difference in having a consistency of bites and to me i value the consistency and again the unchallenged point that that helps digestion I, I had to give the slight edge to that.
1: See now it's interesting because I think this is 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 um, showing what our our philosophical divide is. So you're concerned with sort of the implications that the cut has for the whole sandwich. What won me over was this point that Pam made about the surface area and that and that you're going to get that like you're gonna get that one perfect bite in the middle. So yeah you know well, I will agree that the that the the diagonal cut may make parts of the sandwich. Less good than than the rectangle cut. You're going to get one or two bites that are better than anything that you'll get with a rectangle cut sandwich.
0: I I think that is the case. Again, like in a case like a grilled cheese, I think every bite is just better in the diagonal cut. But I I think in the case of the club sandwich, you're yeah you you're clearly valuing one good bite at the expense of uh some dud bites. And you know to me, I'm just shooting for that consistency. So, uh, All right.
1: I, well look it. Go- it goes to the, uh, you know, it goes to the sandwiches. They have to be the tie-breaking vote again. Wow,
0: I mean, this is going to be. I-, I think this is going to be a tight one. This this is really going to be interesting. Uh, look, they get the rulings in. Yeah, and that that is that will be the the new law of the land.
1: This is like the Great Lakes versus Fjord debate from season one. We, we're we're really going to divide our our audience in two, which is hard because there's only two of them. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: This has incredible implications. I mean, this has implications for every other sandwich we do for the rest of this podcast. Like, yep. if we're making it at home, we have no choice. We must abide by the rules.
1: So, folks are going to go to the Reddit page to vote. Is that right, Dan?
0: Yeah, they'll go. We'll we'll put it on the uh, the Reddit, and uh, you know, people just yeah go to that thread and and put in your vote, either rectangular or diagonal, and you you don't have to count down from three.
1: So Reddit Joe picks pod. Yeah. Well, man, thanks to all who participated. This was the best sandwich court yet.
0: I was blown away by those arguments and really, they, they were more thought-provoking than I expected they would be. And uh, I mean, yeah. great work by, by our uh, bear witchers.
1: Yeah. Pam and Tony are smarter than us.
0: Definitely smarter than you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. The Elvis. Okay. Let's get into it.
0: Our first segment, as always, Joe, what is your history with the sandwich? And I think since I picked the sandwich, I'll start. My history with the sandwich is not a, a, not a, a ridiculous history. I think this sandwich, to me, was something that came up mo- mainly in the recent weeks of this podcast as I was... Trying out different sandwiches, and this was in the pre-PB and J era. But even in the post-PB and J era, I remember as I was making all those PB and Js that I was just like, I don't want to eat PB and Js anymore. I want peanut butter and banana sandwiches. And then in the weeks that followed, I would start. I would get bananas and have this as sort of like a late night snack sandwich. And I think in the past maybe two or three months, I've probably had this sandwich fifteen times or something. As just, a, it's a filling late night snack. It's easy to digest. Uh, it's got a lot of calories. It's filling, and I, I think basically this isn't a, a history I've had, you know, going back to when I was a kid. In fact, I, I'm sure I had them growing up, but it, I don't. It, this isn't like a PB and J. This isn't like a sandwich I've had hundreds of times. But in the modern era, I mean, you know, in the in the podcast era, uh, I've had this sandwich probably more than any other sandwich because I I think it's just a great. Late night sandwich, it's a great all-around sandwich. And, um, you know, unlike the uh, PB&J, I'm not sick of it or disgusted by it. Or do I think that this is a sandwich that, um, you know, is like a childhood sandwich? So um, I'm interested to hear if you have any history with it.
1: I have none. I've never had this sandwich before in my life. Uh, I don't even know for a fact that I... The only time I could think of making a peanut butter and banana sandwich, let alone one with bacon, uh, is sometimes if I'm making my kids sandwiches and I'm like, we're, you know, if we're out of jam, I'll be like, "Ah, fuck it. I'll put a banana in there. Um, But I don't know if I've ever had one myself until this week.
0: Did you have it with and without bacon?
1: I did have it with and without bacon. And I added so I can get into the why later. But the one that I had without bacon, I added a little bit of honey to it, too.
0: Ah, interesting. I did see some of that, uh, some mentions of that on the uh,
1: Wikipedia page. Well, I had a very specific purpose for it, but we'll get into it when we get into the history, I think.
0: Interesting. Well, without further ado, let's get right into it. Now, for this sandwich, a lot of the history of it is also stems from the history of the PB&J. So we obviously... We don't need to go and recount the history of sandwiches from the uh, what is it? Uh, it went back like 30 million years ago or whatever when the peanut yep, plant yep. evolved. So
1: so so man man. So
0: no, this so, is know, well
1: before man. Multicell organisms yes. developed, and the so branch, did the,
0: peanut. the legume branch went off. <laughs> Uh, you know, a, a close relative of the potato. But anyways, fast forward to, whatever, the 1930s, 1940s, peanut butter starts becoming widely available in supermarkets. It's A little sugar has been added to it. You know, it's post-World War II. Lots of the GIs, they had peanut butter overseas. So now people are just combining peanut butter with everything. One thing they combined it with with jelly. One thing they combined it with was bananas. And so... I'm going to talk about the history of Elvis Presley and this sandwich because that is at least we can stake this in the ground. We have dates and times where we knew this sandwich existed and we knew Elvis was eating it. And, you know, this should elucidate a little bit, you know, this, this sandwich's overall history just with Elvis's history with it.
1: Sure, sure.
0: So this is from the Wikipedia page. The peanut butter and banana sandwich has been referred to as a favorite of Elvis Presley, who is renowned for his food cravings, such as the Fool's Gold Loaf, a loaf of Italian bread filled with a pound each of bacon, peanut butter, and grape jelly. Oh my God, don't put so, that on the sandwich wheel. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Joe, do not put that out in the universe. Oh you should God. not have said that. You should not have said that. Okay, so this is noted that they're saying, and th- this was in reference to... Elvis, at this point, is already a, a superstar. He's, uh, they-, they said he would go in his private jet. He would have the fool's gold loaf on the private jet. Apparently, Elvis had a uh, ravenous appetite. He'd eat these sandwiches. He's globe-trotting. He's an international phenomenon. And we should note, at this point, important to note, bacon is on there. This particular type of sandwich. Now, this is obviously a more complicated sandwich. This has jelly in it as well and doesn't have banana but this is like he's combining peanut butter he's combining bacon and he's making this ginormous sandwich but that's in his famous years now we've got a primary source here a primary source on elvis.com.au this is an interview with I should have written her name down but I didn't but she's a person who's interviewed about Elvis and she said this about the sandwich He called me little, because I was very small at the time, tiny. He'd say, little girl, go fix me a sandwich. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Now you know, back when I fixed sandwiches for him, we mixed up the peanut butter and banana together, and we didn't put it in butter and in the skillet. We just put it on white bread. But now I saw the other day, this man was fixing a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that Elvis liked, and they sliced the bananas in thick slices and put it in the butter and cooked it so maybe he started liking that later but when i was dating him he just liked plain old-fashioned mashed bananas and i would go fix him sandwiches now what we must take from this primary source is a she kept saying peanut butter and jelly even though she meant peanut butter and banana right right which which happens but b in elvis's early days He definitely liked the sandwich. And based on other parts of this interview, this was, she was dating Elvis, I think before and maybe during the time he was in the army. So this is early Elvis years. He would just have the sandwich, two pieces of white bread, mashed banana, peanut butter. That's it. No bacon. However, the later um, history of Elvis, and certainly I think the Elvis sandwich, as you talked about last week, does imply a very specific uh, Way the sandwich is made Two pieces of white bread Peanut butter, banana Bacon, put some butter in a skillet Brown both sides of it Melt the peanut butter And that is what I would refer to as the later Year yes. Elvis yes.
1: sandwich Yes, Yeah These all could be Elvis sandwiches But I think the current, like, when someone says an Elvis They're thinking about it with bacon And they're thinking about it grilled But, I, but, but this is, you know, you're getting it straight from the source here she had
0: specifically made the sandwiches for elvis and she was surprised to hear right. that you know the modern accepted meaning of it but it it's important for this context because the fact that we've had the sandwiches both ways i think is doing it a, a fair grading of the sandwich because i it it goes both ways and we had to we had to go to the primary sources we had to to look deep inside elvis
1: look i think this is a great history i think that uh that obviously any sandwich so closely linked with a person, I mean, I, you know, this may be the most closely linked to a person of any sandwich we're going to talk about. Um, and I think that's awesome. I also think that, like, look, like the, you know, we talked about this in the PB and J episode. The history of kind of how peanut butter arose in America is super interesting. So I think this is a solid eight out of ten history. I like it.
0: Eight out of ten. By the way, for to give fair credit where it's due for that primary source, this is from Anita Wood who uh, was close with Elvis in the years 1957 to 1962. So those are our early Elvis years. Yep. That's where yep. we were pre-Bacon. So yep. what were you doing in 1957,
1: Joe? I probably was in a past life as a, as a banana. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Getting eaten by Elvis. <laughs>
0: wow, what a life. Yeah, exactly. That was a good oh, one.
1: Oh, the stories I could tell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Joe. Could the sandwich be in your regular rotation? So we're going to talk about prep, availability, and health.
1: Okay. Now, I'm, let me just jump in on this availability point. I think there's a very interesting point that sort of history, sort of availability, but needs to be mentioned here. Because I, I had a friend in town this weekend, so we ate the sandwich together, and I noted, which we'll get to a little bit in taste too, but that um, the bananas were not really – that's sweet, uh, and didn't cut the the sort of saltiness of the bacon and the sort of not really you know peanut butter is not it's kind of sweet but not that sweet right, and then it was interesting to me. I'm so used to eating PB and J to have something not as sweet with peanut butter, and he made this point that he said, well, you know, have you ever tried banana candy? I'm like, yeah. So Dan, have you tried banana candy?
0: Is that like dried banana slices?
1: No, no, no like. Like banana, like like lollipops, or like banana gum, or whatever, like ban- like candy candy banana, or like or like banana jelly beans.
0: What were those things that were like little hard candies that um, they're like really crunchy on the outside, but had like powdered sugar on the inside? Because I think that had like a banana flavor that I really loved. Right?
1: Yeah, I don't know what you are talking about, but but you I know those I, candies vaguely do. No, no, I don't. Are you talking about gushers?
0: No, no, they're like really hard. But they, but they would be shaped like the little fruits.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Oh, and they totally they had a banana. And like the little banana, the little grapes. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah, yeah.
0: And I love the banana one so much. It was, so then it was he definitely my point, favorite flavor.
1: And he said, you know, if you notice, like banana candy doesn't really taste like bananas. And I was like, that's a good point. And he said, that's because the bananas that we eat now are not the bananas that were eaten like 50 years ago. They're like, what are you talking about? And he showed me this article. I'm just going to read it to you. The bananas we eat today in America are not the same as the ones our grandparents or great-grandparents ate. Today, the vast majority of bananas in the U.S. stores are the Cavendish variety. Banana yeah. expert Don Koppel wrote of the New York Times, our great-grandparents grew up not eating Cavendish but eating the Gros Michel banana, a variety that everyone agreed was tastier. Hmm. In addition to tasting more flavorful, the, the Gros Michel was larger than the Cavendish we know today. And basically, in the 1960s, uh, the Panama di- disease ravished the the Gros Michel banana, and so now we all eat Cavendish. So mm-hmm. there's this point about availability that actually we cannot ever eat the exact sandwich that Elvis ate because it's extinct now.
0: Wow. That's interesting because, yeah, the, I mean the timelines definitely – when Elvis is having this, he's having this with different ingredients that we're having it with. He's
1: eating the Gros Michel banana. Absolutely. Wow.
0: Wow. That's a point that I had not not considered, and and it is very interesting. Certainly, to compare this sandwich with the peanut butter and jelly, and I think the the sweetness thing is a very good point. The bananas, they're really not sort of sweet like that is. It's not the first adjective I would use to describe a banana. And yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really. It's more to me of a texture thing in the way the banana meshes well with the peanut butter as opposed to. Adding sweetness to to the sandwich. So um, it's a very valid point.
1: Yeah, so the sandwich is extinct, so not available. So um, zero out of 10.
0: (laughs) Well, (laughs) stuff. Uh, Well, let's just get in the health there while we're at it. Uh, I I didn't actually uh, add up my particular sandwich, which I should have, but I was running out of time. So I went to a website, and I don't think this is exactly accurate uh, because I think they were talking, I think they included too much peanut butter. And um, too much butter and too much bacon in this, but their version, which is three tablespoons of peanut butter, which is a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of peanut butter. And three slices of bacon, which I think is also a lot, but it's not terrible. But depends on how thick.
1: And yeah, right. Yeah.
0: And then they were using, I think, a tablespoon and a half of butter to fry the sandwich in, which is also a lot. You don't need that much. Uh, But their sandwich, but then they had two pieces of white bread, which was valid. Anyways, it came in at 850 calories, 66 carbs, 58 grams of fat, 25 grams of protein.
1: Yeah, that's a hearty sandwich. But so much of (laughs) that is from
0: the peanut butter. I think it was nearly 300 calories worth were from the the peanut butter. So I I think the the actual – I mean based on this, I think the actual sandwich I had is probably in the range of something like 600 calories given that I had much less peanut butter. I had a little less bacon and uh, I didn't use as much butter to fry it in. But – Um, I mean, the thing is though, when you are putting butter in a skillet and then dousing both sides of the bread with butter, you know, you're, you're adding in a ton of calories.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is not, um, this is a caloric rich sandwich, no matter what. I mean, there might be variations, smaller versions, less peanut butter, but no matter what, it's a lot of calories.
0: Yeah. But, but when you're just having the late night snack version of two pieces of white bread, peanut butter, put half a banana. Like I kept, I, they also, the ingredient or the the website was also one full banana. I don't know how you get like one full bananas worth of banana slices on there. Um,
1: we, you know, cut up one banana and we had extra banana.
0: Yeah. For yeah, sure. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, if you're like mashing the banana, like maybe the, uh, the Elvis's former girlfriend was doing, maybe then you could spread it on there like some sort of jelly and then you could get a full one on there. But I, I think the one I'm having is probably like you know maybe 300 something calories or something because it doesn't have the bacon, yeah. it doesn't have the butter, and I'm, no, the you way know, you're doing not... it is
1: actually like healthier than a PB and J. So that's like fine, I,
0: exactly. Yeah. So, and that's that's the argument I wanted to make that that the the early Elvis years version of this sandwich I think is way way healthier than a PB and J. And you know bananas I think are, are good for you. Like bananas have tons of potassium. You know they're a fruit they. You know, they have some amount of sugar, but, you know, I'll bet that, I'll bet the sandwich Elvis was having probably had a lot more sugar. If, if, you know, this history of the, the extinct banana is, is, you know, I don't know if they had nutritional facts of the banana back then, but if it's sweeter, I just assume it probably had more sugar.
1: Oh, yeah. No, if you're running like a half marathon, ooh, this is a great sandwich for you.
0: Yeah. Well, peanut butter might be a little heavy, but. You know, we were making the joke about the the bananas in my holsters. When I actually did run half marathons back in the day, I actually would start the race and I would have two bananas in my waistband. And then as I would run the race, I would eat the bananas while running.
1: And Would you drop the peel and then people, people behind you would comically slip on them? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what I would do actually is try to, as I would run by a trash can, I'd try to throw the bananas in the trash can. And while running, and then every single time I missed, and then I would just, like, shrug my shoulders and be like, well, whatever. (laughs) Look, the banana peel, it'll compost, you know, over time. It's not really litter. You know, give it enough time, and I'm adding nutrients to the soil.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, you throw one of those hard banana candies on the ground, that thing never decomposes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, They are are runts. Runts.
1: (laughs) Runts. That's right. Runts. Uh, I I never really liked runts. (laughs) Runts.
0: I, I mean, the thing is, the banana, if runs were, like, all bananas, it would have been so much better. Yeah. Those other flavors <laughs> were nearly as good. And they hurt your teeth a little that's,
1: bit. That's why I didn't like them. They just hurt your teeth too much. Ugh. Yeah.
0: yeah. But that's why the banana was good, because you could sort of – it gave you, like – you could sort of uh, use the leverage of the two ends to, like, crack it open without having to, like, smash your teeth.
1: So, so you know, I guess in terms of of actual, like, practical availability – if we If we accept the modern day banana as a substitute, uh you know I mean obviously, just like the p b and j it's an easy sandwich to make i mean if you're having the grilled version, you have to grill it, but I mean more or less, this is a sandwich that's made with ingredients that I think most people, if you have bacon in your house, this is a sandwich that you have the ingredients for in your house almost all the time
0: definitely, definitely, and you know it's it's this is on par with with peanut butter and jelly, like yeah. Yeah. People, I think people have bananas in their house as commonly as people have jelly. And, you know, bacon, it's optional for the sandwich, but I think a lot of people have bacon in their house at all times. Bacon stores, you know, I, I bought bacon at the store and it was like the the pull by date was like, you know, a month and a half from now or something because, you know, bacon doesn't oh, and last. And I mean, so.
1: now that I'm on board with microwavable bacon, it's a whole new world for me. Yeah. It's <laughs> easy prep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. So, I mean, I think realistically, you know, you know the everyday sandwich question. It's a little high in calories. The original version's extinct, but but it's so easy to make. Uh, you know, I'm gonna give this a, you know a six and a half out of ten.
0: Six and a half out of ten. All right. Is it a first date sandwich? Now,
1: okay. Let's think about this, Dan.
0: Well, before okay. we go, we've got a little input here from none other than Sandwich Rob. Have you listened to this? Well, have I, it's an email. Oh. Okay.
1: God damn it, Rob. This is in an audio file. Come on.
0: From none other than Fanwich Rob. A peanut butter and banana sandwich on a date is about what I'd expect from Dan. Yikes. I can't see any scenario in which this happens. The banana turns brown within hours, so you can't pack it for a picnic or hike date. No restaurant or food truck serves them, and if they did, why buy something that is so easy to make at home? And if your date comes back to your place and wants a snack, if that's all you have to offer, you're not closing the deal awful first date sandwich rob's date rating every time you ask her out she's busy that night
1: <laughs> <sighs> all right so Dan. i mean i mean Wait, did as... you notice
0: how rob's just muscling in with his own like bit now
1: i love it rob rob you know look look you gotta you gotta respect he's 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 setting up his shtick he's giving a rating look he's putting in the time hats off to him he's putting in the work i love it i look I mean, do you agree with his assessment? I mean, you, you've been on plenty of first dates. I mean, you know, uh, uh, what do you think?
0: Well, I think the hole in his situation is, the hole in his reasoning is that this was working for Elvis. So, like, you know, Elvis was saying, quote, little girl, go fix me a sandwich. She's right. making him this sandwich, you know. Now, I think Elvis famously, you know, didn't have sex for a very long time or something. But either way. It's working for Elvis. So, again, maybe that has to do with the old extinct banana. But, you know, that, that that's like uh, somehow you give it to a girl and the sandwich is so good, she can get over the fact that it's sort of weird. But I, I do agree. It is sort of a weird sandwich to have on the first date. He is probably right that I don't think this sandwich lasts that long in a bag. You know, bananas just, once you cut them up, you really, it's a ticking time bomb.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you pulled this out of your pocket on a date, like that would that would seem like an odd thing. They'd be like like a you know like pull out like a tin foil with this wrapped inside. That would seem weird.
0: It would definitely be weird.
1: The other thing that's problematic about this on a first date is that I feel like let's just talk about the Elvis piece of it. Like I feel like this is sort of this is not in my mind. Maybe you can challenge me if I if I'm wrong on this. But I don't associate this sandwich with like the young skinny, handsome Elvis. I associate this with like fat bloated Las Vegas Elvis.
0: The one who's having the like one pound bacon, one pound of peanut butter sandwich. So
1: like, I feel like it, it just, whether it is or not, and your point is well taken about the, you know, the sort of low cal version of this, it, I think people, when they hear the Elvis, they think of it as a gluttonous sandwich.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And, you know, Elvis, unfortunately, like, You know, he didn't live to, like, 90 in pristine health, so... (laughs) Yeah. It's it's tough in that regard.
1: More the pills than the sandwiches that were causing that, but still.
0: Yeah. But, you know, it's all... I I think he had the cravings for the sandwich while, uh, you know, doing whatever he was doing.
1: All right. Well, you know, in general, I hate agreeing with Rob, but, but, but we'll go with it this time. Let's say 3 out of 10.
0: Yeah. He did make a good point. All right. But now... We'll go into the uh, – I, I don't actually know any, like, hit of Elvis from, like, <laughs> it's the best part of his career. But assuming I did know one, that's the part of the podcast we're in right now, other than the sandwich court and the wheel spin, which are actually people's favorite part. But the part, does the sandwich taste good? Okay. So you'd never had the sandwich before. Tell me what you thought about it.
1: Well, so so I'll tell you. I I made two versions. One, I made – uh, what I consider maybe not the classic now that you've gone back to these original sources, but uh, but but the um, the classic of what I thought of it, which is uh, you know two pieces of white bread, peanut butter, sliced banana, and bacon yeah. grilled, yes, with some butter on each side. Yeah, uh, you sent and- a picture
0: to me of, and I actually learned from your picture the the sort of right modern way to make it. And I, th- I it, from the picture, it looks like you did a very very good rendition of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a good-looking sandwich. We made two because, like I said, I had a friend over, and he he, he made his with gluten-free bread, uh, uh, which I did not try. Uh, it had, like, a very weird density to it, by the way.
0: Um, yeah, do not use that. No <laughs> gluten-free for the official rating.
1: No, definitely not. Uh, and um, and then we tried a second version, and this was to the point of, like, trying to uh, somehow recreate the idea of a sweeter banana, so we tried it with peanut butter, banana, and then a little bit ah, of honey. Ah, interesting. This was trying to you know, embody what Elvis would have had. We did not use bacon in this one. So we tried both. Um, I will say it tasted good. The version with bacon, I think, had a nice crispness to it that I liked. Uh, I felt like it was a little – it's just a little disconcerting to me to eat something that has peanut butter but was sort of salty – because like I said, the banana didn't quite bring enough sweetness to the table. And and then um, for the one that didn't have bacon in it, I felt like there was a real consistency problem. Even with the grilled – so like you got like the crispy bread. It was – it was to so the point that we made about the PB&J, it was kind of a mushy sandwich. Uh, and the last thing I'll say about it is that it felt like a very – and maybe this is because it's warm and like the warm peanut butter just has this odd effect of like – it felt like a very decadent sandwich. It felt – it was just very rich. Um, and like I, I didn't finish either, not because it tasted bad in like a single bite, but it, it was just a very rich sandwich.
0: It's so funny that you talk about the, the warm peanut butter because when I picked the sandwich, my experience and the sandwich I had in mind was two pieces of bread. You take the, the peanut butter out of the cupboard. You know, It's at room temperature. You put some bananas on there, also at room temperature. You eat it. But when I made the version with – put on the, the grill, it's, it's sort of the peanut butter does melt. And that's part of it. That was literally in the description. You right, want the peanut right. butter to be melting. There's – the eating hot peanut butter is just so weird because it has the consistency of cheese, but <laughs> it's not cheese. And, like, you think it's going to be cheese, and then it just tastes nothing like it. And it's just – it's it's a it's a fascinating sandwich just from like your brain's like expectation of what something's going to taste like based mm-hmm. on the texture mm-hmm. and then what it does taste like, and um, I actually I actually found it quite off-putting, but I felt like if I had this sandwich all the time, it, I could like get past that and like appreciate it, but my my initial reaction to the sandwich were just the texture of it, it like. I didn't I, like to your point. I don't think the flavors work in a way that it's just like, oh, this is so good. Like I can get past it. The flavors were sort of weird. the 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 taste and texture of hot peanut butter is weird, and this isn't a sandwich that you're going to try once and be like, wow, this is the greatest thing ever. Like this is a sandwich that I think is a bit of an acquired taste. In the the Elvis version, the like, gr- you know, grilled up. With the butter and whatever,
1: right, right.
0: But you know, to me, the classic is still, or the 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 basic version to me is is still great. And I, I think my my main problem with the PB and J is that it's just too sweet. And I I just after a while, I just like felt a visceral like negative reaction to like the sandwich and the, the how sweet it is and and you know the like yep. sugar high afterwards and whatever and. I like peanut butter, I like white bread, I like bananas and to me the simple combination of all of those working together were is just is great. And I I don't think I don't think the bacon quite works perfectly with it. I I don't I think the bacon makes it worse. I think the grilling it makes it worse. So I I, it is sort of a weird situation for me where, you know, when we were talking about this last week and we were talking about, oh, put bacon on it. Oh, do this grilling thing. You know, when you showed me the picture, I thought, oh, that's going to be an interesting take on it. Uh, But to me, both of those things just made it worse. And so I'm, I'm, I'm putting a little bit of an awkward spot here.
1: But I'm actually I'm I'm surprised because when we talked about the peanut butter and jelly, one of the things that you were most critical of was the sort of lack of consistency change that it was? You, you said this tastes like an old person sandwich, like they'd eat it in an old folks' home, and, and that seems almost more true about the banana in there. Unless you're using like a very unripe banana, so so somehow that doesn't bother you with the sandwich.
0: Well, I'm using crunchy peanut butter which okay right of course although i did make i did make the elvis one with creamy because that was sort of part of the recipe because it would have been weird with the but but my stock one is crunchy peanut butter actually extra crunchy i think and i don't know i mean to me the the bananas do have a little bit of a consistency or or, or more of an inconsistency and a little better mouthfeel than the jelly because you do. Sometimes you bite in the middle of a banana, and sometimes you bite in between the bananas, and then you can sort of, like, get a bite that, like, finishes one of the banana slices. And so are you using ripe or unripe More variety. You know, medium ripe.
1: And are you it's slicing yellow, it thinly, or are you slicing it, like, vertically? Like, what are you doing here?
0: Well, I, I slice on the bias, and I, I'd say they're pretty thick. Maybe, uh, you know, six millimeters thick, I would say.
1: So you're, like, having the banana.
0: What do you mean having the banana?
1: Like you're cutting it in half.
0: Cutting what in half?
1: The banana. <laughs> okay. I'm confused. Are you cutting it into like like little round circles or are you like cutting it down the, down no, the middle? No, no,
0: no, no. Although that's actually an interesting like thing. Like putting two halves of. of the banana on it. Well, I'm – do you know what on the bias means?
1: No, I have no idea.
0: Okay. So it's like – it's actually, it comes back to our sandwich court debate, but th- this is something like if you take green beans and you're like cut the green beans up, you can either cut them rectangular down the middle or you can sort of cut them diagonally. And when you cut them diagonally, you just get, uh, open up a lot more surface area of the like green bean. So like with the banana, I, you cut it on the bias so you the slices are like much, they're like elongated as compared to if they were cut rectangular and then you can just cut whatever thickness you want. And then, so I I cut them fairly thick and on the bias.
1: So, so I I sort of feel like Dan, you know, I feel like what you're asking me to judge or what you're talking about, it just isn't the Elvis. Because at this point, I think you've invented the Birkin. <laughs> That's not why. the
0: Birkin. It's the it's sort of the it's the, you're using, the listen, young l- listen, Elvis.
1: Listen, listen, you're using <laughs> crunchy peanut butter, thicker cut banana slices. You're put you're putting it on white bread. You're not adding. Bacon and you're not grilling it.
0: Well, wow. white bread is not changing anything. The official just, Elvis is on white bread.
1: You've just you've you've just you've strayed too far from the original sandwich.
0: I mean, the problem is if we go back and check the tape, this is the the sandwich that I made was the sandwich I was talking about. But then, in order to you know, um, dumb it down for our audience and you know deal with whatever the hot pop culture you know the connection is or whatever then that's where i this elvis thing came in but like i don't know i mean i i want to do i want to do the elvis justice but to me that's just not the best version of the sandwich but i'm i'm perfectly fine because the elvis name is is just so clouding any combination of the sandwich i'm perfectly fine i think it is fair game for you to accept the popular version of the sandwich as what you're going to you know base your rating off of however i do want you to consider that the young Elvis version of the sandwich, I think, is is much closer to what you're saying. The sandwich that I've invented, and I, and I think they're different. And you know, and for our listeners out there, like whether this goes on the menu or not, I think people should try an Elvis. But if you try an Elvis, don't throw peanut butter, and you don't like it, don't say that. Oh, all peanut butter and banana is bad. It, yeah. You know, they're they're. I think they're very different sandwiches.
1: Look, I just wish you had specified that you wanted me to try an early Elvis, because obviously I would have known what that meant. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, look, it's fine. It's fine, All right.
1: Joe. All right. For the no.
0: purposes of this podcast, I'm perfectly fine either way.
1: I agree it's fine, Dan. No one's, no one's mad at anyone here.
0: It's Everything <laughs> is good. Everything is... To me, the real question would be... Because I already know what's going to happen. We can just skip to the wheel spin. This isn't going on the menu. But the, to me, the real question would be, would the just my base version go on the menu? And to me, that's actually sort of an interesting question. But... Uh, you know, given the totality of everything, I, I, I'm not holding out hope, but you, who knows, who knows, maybe you'll, you'll have some great Elvis rhyme and that'll, you know, be enough
1: to, to put it on. I mean, you know, I'll just go with whatever I have the best rhyme for. Uh, so, uh, oh yeah, the taste, you know, it's, to me, it was just a little too rich. So let's say four out of 10.
0: Four out of 10. Okay. Moving on. Is the sandwich a monster? From fanwich Josh PhD, the Elvis. Don't put bacon on this. With bacon, it's a monster. Sure, it's only a couple pieces, but they're so superfluous. Bacon on this sandwich is a needless act of gluttony. You'll die an early death on the toilet, just like Elvis. Without bacon, it's a different story. Peanut butter is great. Banana production has some issues, particularly historically, but on the level of an individual banana, you're pretty good. Again. If you put bacon on this, I'm I'm not mad, but I'm disappointed. Monster <laughs> scale, it depends. Wow, he really has run
1: out of monsters, hasn't he? <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> this would have been tough because he would have had to come up with two. But you know, this it is. If you want to feel good as a vegetarian, or or just having a non-meat meal, make the birkin. But you know, to to his point, if if you are if you are in your mindset where this you're considering the sandwich ha- must having bacon on it, then, you know, those poor little pigs, they did nothing wrong, Joe.
1: It's true. They're too smart. Yeah, I mean, look, the fact that there are versions of this sandwich that aren't monstrous is better than most sandwiches that we're going to talk about. So let's say 7 out of 10. That's good.
0: All right. Comeback time. Yeah. I agree it's like Elvis in Vegas.
1: So, I mean, fortunately, this is the first sandwich that I, I you know, we've really talked about the celebrity implications. And if you hadn't delved into Elvis's history with it in the in the history portion. We could have maybe talked about it here more. But but look, I mean, this is the ultimate in celebrity sandwiches. It's a, yeah. it's a sandwich that is popular because of the celebrity.
0: Yeah. I mean, there was like some stat about Elvis that I wish I had done more research about because there was uh, something I read that said for some particular new type of vaccine that came out, the vaccination rate was like, you know, like sub 1%. And then on network television, Elvis oh, got, yeah, the he got the Oh,
1: he, yeah, he got the polio vaccine. That's and right. And it was yeah. like
0: vaccinations rates within like six months were like 90 plus percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just star power that just doesn't even exist. He so was like, the first
1: pro-vaxxer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the, the, you know, FDA. Why, what would that? That's not the FDA. That's the, oh, it is the FDA. Oh, my God. Food and drug. Oh, my God. Yeah. They, they cover it all.
1: Well, I think maybe um, that would be like the CDC or whatever. Maybe I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Either way, I, I was just g- going based on the uh, the the diagonal versus rectangle and the arguments. You know, we we could ask the, the FDA for these um, for these details. But this sandwich is named after like a person who probably was the most famous. Like, like right now in the world, I don't know who the most famous person is. You know, maybe yeah. there's an argument this for is like, like five different people. Or this something. is like
1: the Taylor Swift, right?
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, you know, maybe there's a day she was the most popular person in the world. Maybe a week. But like Elvis was the most popular person in the world for like 10 years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's hard to like maybe Michael Jackson and his height. But it, yeah, it's hard to imagine. Oh, definitely.
0: Yeah. Michael Jackson and his height was definitely. But, you know, unfortunately, he's, uh, his, his legacy, I think, is going down the toilet. Whereas I think Elvis is still like, well, Elvis was a bit of a creepster too. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Look, it's, don't this this podcast is going to live on the internet for a long time. Don't say anything.
0: What Just, is the modern <laughs> equivalent of "quote little girl, go fix me a sandwich" to your uh, the person you're it's, dating?
1: Does not. That's not great. That's not great. Uh,
0: that would not pass in the Me Too era.
1: No, no. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think. Look, as far as celebrity sandwiches go. I mean, I'm trying to think, is there another sandwich that we're going to try that is just named after the celebrity that likes it? Mm. And that most people, you know, when I told people this week, like, oh, it's the Elvis. They may not have known every ingredient, but they generally knew that it was like peanut butter and bacon or, you know, peanut butter, banana. Like people know what this is.
0: OK, here we go. Mentalfloss.com. 11 sandwiches named after famous people.
1: OK, let's hear it. Number
0: one, the Scott Bayo all right
1: okay no. but
0: like you no, you have no idea what that is no the anna kendrick no the woody allen the no. justin timberlake the hugh hefner the jerry Simon. yeah okay this is this is just like at one deli because if elvis is not number one on the list this is dumb okay here we go sandwiches named after famous people number one donnie's choice i don't yeah. know what that is the leo dicaprio this is not good the alfred hitchcock the Fat Jerry. The Conan O'Brien. Yeah, this is just, like, dumb. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think there's anything. I think it's, it's just Elvis.
1: I mean, this is the ultimate in celebrity sandwich. I mean, this has to be a 10 out of 10.
0: Yeah. It has to be. Then you didn't even have to do any research.
1: That, I mean, that's, that's why it's not a 9 out of 10. It's
0: great... <laughs> All right, great. Let's put the Elvis on the cutting board, Joe. I'm ready. Is this sandwich going to go on the menu, or into the compost heap. The Elvis? More like the helpless, which is how I felt as I first had my first bite of the concoction that mimicked what you had sent me in the text message. Because, Joe, when you first sent it to me, I said, is that warm? Is that hot? I didn't, I, I didn't even understand what I had myself gotten myself into. And at that moment, when I realized what sandwich I had chosen, I felt helpless. <laughs> and as I made the sandwich and found it to be a lesser version of the the more basic one, I realized that this just was not going to end well for me. So as I said earlier, I think the basic version of the sandwich is a good sandwich, which fits a lot of needs. It's a good late night sandwich, really easy to make very common ingredients when we're talking about peanut butter and banana the more complicated the sandwich gets the worse it gets the unhealthier it gets the you know less humane it gets so to me it's hard to even say i i think i have to say don't put the elvis on the menu but i say consider putting the peanut butter and banana on the menu that's my last ditch effort to to gain some agency in what has become a complete disaster of a Dan Picks episode. But I say, Elvis out. Consider the peanut butter and banana sandwich.
1: All right, Dan. Uh, I would say, hunka hunka burning love. More like hunka hunka burning yuck. <laughs> the warm version of the sandwich was just. You know, I. Well, I you think, shouldn't
0: have burned it, Joe. <laughs>
1: I think, I think we can just conclude that that well, peanut butter might not be off the menu. Warm peanut butter is off the menu. It
0: Definitely. Tastes
1: at, like even if it tastes okay, it's it just tastes too rich. It's too rich. I didn't like it. Um, look, I will at some point, Dan, consider putting the peanut butter banana on the menu. But we got to pick it again. I didn't even try it this week. So so you know. In in 2020, when you're making another peanut butter pick, put it back on. We'll try it again. I'm ready for it. I'm still open to it. It's Should that we save that, that version, save that
0: for sweeps week.
1: That version. Let me just say the peanut butter banana that you're talking about with chunky peanut butter, uh, the diagonal cut banana slices. Would you call it on the on the bi, on the bifold or whatever <laughs> whatever you said
0: on the Bible? Just like uh, yeah, yeah. when you <laughs> swear in for sandwich court.
1: Um, uh, that version not in the compost heap. It's it's nowhere though. It's not on the menu either. The Elvis <laughs> put in the compost heap. I'm done with it.
0: All right. I I can't argue with that. I'm glad. Okay, so in the in a first ever time on Joe Picks, it's as if we never even did the episode.
1: Nope. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's
0: nothing. It's it, nowhere.
1: Nope. nope.
0: So basically, nope. if I could go back in time, the thing I would do is when I said I pick I said, sub out the jelly, put in the the banana. I'm doing the peanut butter and banana. And then you said, oh, the Elvis. And then if I could go back in time, I would go back and say, no, not the Elvis.
1: And we should go back and listen. I think you said the Elvis, not me.
0: I think you said it.
1: Well, whatever. I mean, you know, we'll never
0: know. (laughs) It's it's impossible (laughs) to find out. Well, whatever. Anyways, that's great. So uh, for all of you at home, You listen to a one-hour episode where nothing happened. So, great. I
1: mean, uh, not much happens in our other episodes either.
0: (laughs) Well, something happens. It's not a podcast about nothing. But anyways, Joe, uh, hey. I think we got a lunch pail this week. So, Joe, uh, let's open up the lunch pail and see what we got here.
1: We have a few Reddit lunch pails here. Wow,
0: a few Reddit lunch pails. A few Reddit
1: lunch pails. So, first of all... Uh, Reddit fanwitch radiation is good on the uh, Joe Picks he, subreddit.
0: That's that's uh, Fanwich Jonas.
1: Fanwitch Jonas.
0: From last week's
1: uh, o- Oots well, Miser. This is what I'm going to tell you. He finally gave us the definitive pronunciation of Oots oots-matter. <laughs> oots-matter. He said, <laughs> I love the 50 different pronunciations. I think you were getting quite close at times, especially when trying to copy the female example, Dan. Oh,
0: my God.
1: But. I think the beat confused you a bit and made the s- smizer sound like miser. Okay. So what he says, Jonas pronunciation guide, UIT is pronounced out, out. We got that as an out. Yeah, okay.
0: That's right.
1: S-M-I-J-T pronounced smite as in the Lord will smite thee.
0: Out smite.
1: The E-R is air as in air. I don't know. Or er, Outsmite I don't know. Outsmite air. Er, er. He's er, I don't know. So er, I don't know. Okay. So.
0: out smiter
1: outsmiter that's easy outsmiter. We get, we get a- outsmiter
0: outsmiter
1: outsmiter, yeah, so that's from fanwich yo Outsmiter. out outsmiter,
0: outsmiter. oh yeah, the guy does sound like that out outsmiter. outsmiter outsmiter yep, all right, great,
1: yep, well, never again, <laughs> so uh I also, Dan, had a brilliant idea that I should have done, you know, now that we've done our like eighth Dutch sandwich. Uh I posted this on the Netherlands subreddit and people loved it. Oh wow. Yeah. So I'm gonna read this. Uh Haha, or Hoor, Morgen Vrog, Mar, weer in Kierje, Maken Voor Het On Beach, and the podcast for On the Road Towards Work. Um, which I put it into Bing Translate says. Give me a second. Bing Bing Translate works a lot slower. It doesn't auto-detect the uh language. <laughs> it says wait, why is it translating it from Dutch to Dutch? It says, nice though. The breakfast was very good. Oh, Okay. Yeah. That well nice? that was
0: worth all that time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So so thank you from our from our Dutch. Sandwiches, I appreciate it. All right, and, great. And Dan, to segue to the next section, we have a new fanwich sandwich from a cook in Holland, who recommends the Brugge Gazond. Gazond. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, how do you spell that?
1: B r o o d j e. Mm-hmm. Gazond. G e z o n d. Gazond. He says means healthy.
0: So the Broodgazond.
1: I mean, we're probably going to have trouble pronouncing that one, too, I imagine.
0: And that's it. That's it. The Broodgazond.
1: That is the sandwich. He said it's the best sandwich. It has lots of ingredient, which is kind of down to personal preference.
0: All right. And so and what comes off the fanwich the wheel is the outsmiter.
1: That's off. We did that. Outsmiter. It's so much easier to pronounce now.
0: Yeah, ish. I'm still tripping over it. But all right. Let's 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 do it. Is that it? Uh, uh, lunch pail closed?
1: Lunch pail is closed. Dan, are you going to take your week. wedge off the wheel from last week? Come on. Yeah. Come on, Dan. Just, remove your me,
0: wedge. I'm still on the lunch pail. Hey, if you want your question answered in the lunch pail, send your question to sandwich at com or post somewhere on Reddit and Joe will find it. Literally anywhere on Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> He's got it especially the the Netherlands subreddit Joe is now an active listener hey
1: we better have some fucking Dutch fans after our you know after our multiple Dutch sandwiches
0: okay but here we go joepixpod.com slash wheel boy I hope none of our our fans are, are watching this live they'll be big spoiler so the Dan section deleted so now hoof goes Joe listeners Joe Dan Joe Dan so Joe, you have 50% chance. I have a, hmm, that's some
1: math on that. 30% chance?
0: Yeah, 33% chance. And the listeners have a 16.666 repeating percent chance. All right, you ready?
1: I'm ready, Dan. I'm excited. woo. <laughs> Right, solidly in the Joe.
0: Right in the heart of Joe. So it is you, Joe. You haven't picked in a while. So you've got to have something in, the, in your quiver ready to roll.
1: You've, I haven't picked in a while. That's move true. that
0: banana to the side.
1: That's true. The, banana, the banana's gone. The banana's rotting in the fridge. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, I feel like we have – I feel like we've had a little bit of a rough run. I don't remember the last sandwich I put on the menu. Oh, maybe it was last week. It was the Outsmiser, That's right. Um, but I want to pick a sandwich that many, Dan, many sandwich lists, list this as the best sandwich. Wow. So we're going for a good one now. But wow. There, there are people out there who call this the best sandwich. And I thought about it earlier when you talked about your love of dipping sandwiches. I want to do the French dip.
0: Wow. Wow. Isn't that on the listener wheel? If it is, take it off.
1: I'm picking Your, it for me.
0: Oh, it's not on the list way. Anyway. I thought it was. Oh, huh, guess not. All right, great. All right, so so for all of our fans who are eating along, what are uh, there's any specific thing we're we're getting here? Or is just like
1: so 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 a French chip sandwich. I, I I'm not. I'm looking up a recipe, but but. But from what I remember, before I even look it up, it's, it's served on a roll, not on bread. It's served on like a, a sliced roll. It has, I think, roast beef inside okay. or some kind of beef. It has usually cheese on it, um, melted. And then you dip it in beef juice in au jus.
0: Okay. Because the reason I ask is that, it, first of all... Tony's going to love this because I know there was a particular place in Los Angeles that Tony would just say, oh, they've got the best. I think it was called Philippe's, if memory serves me correctly. I mean, that's and a
1: French name, so that makes sense.
0: Tony would go there all the time and rave about how great this thing was. And the funny thing is, as much as Tony talked about it, which talked about it all the time, would always recommend it. I literally never ate there a single time. I um but I in my old apartment when I lived by Elmo Square there was a French Dip place and I did eat there a few times. But I know their menu had all sorts of different varieties of the sandwich because I think they were sort of like making an interesting take on it. But I guess for this week we're just sticking to just the the default French Dip.
1: Uh, no, no. I mean, look, if you want to try some kind of like experimental version, you know, you know, be my guest. That's fine. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I'd say the classic that I'm thinking of. Is a hot sandwich, roast beef on a French roller baguette is what Wikipedia says. Uh and then obviously I think the key part of that, you know, and the melted cheese too, but the key part is the is the dip, right? I mean, dip is in the name. Come on. Yeah, yeah. All right.
0: Fair enough. So let it be the the French dip for next week. I'm excited. Hey. Okay. I mean it's an exciting sandwich. It's it's definitely gonna be a bit of a, a turn from our uh our last few.
1: I mean, you know, we, we we you know we've been touring European sandwiches though with the Dutch sandwich, and we got a French sandwich, and you know, yeah. and we're very international.
0: Yeah, Elvis performed internationally. Absolutely. All right, time to put the bread away until next week. Joe picks a sandwich is part of the Joe Picks podcast network. To listen to all of our podcasts, go to joepickspod.com or join the lively discussion on our subreddit redditcom slash r slash Picks. if you want to talk about what we got right or wrong with the Elvis. Or if you have a strong opinion about next week's sandwich, the French dip, leave a comment on the Reddit page or email us at sandwich at JoePixPod.com. Special thanks to Fanwich Josh for research. His book, Red Meat Republic, is on bookshelves everywhere this May. Oh my God, it's coming it out. It's almost May. One month away. And it's available for pre-order on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. Also thanks to Fanwich Jeff for the theme song and the introduction song for Sandwich Court. Special thanks to Fanwich Julia for the logo. And special thanks to Fanwich's Tony and Pam and our, our as our resident bear witchsters for their arguments in Sandwich Court. Uh, leave us a five star rating in the iTunes store so others can find this podcast. Joe. Oh,
1: and let's go see. vote. Go vote on the on the on the Sandwich Court. We need a decision.
0: Oh yeah. Go to the Reddit page. Vote uh, on that. I'm seeing if we have any new reviews. We do have a new rating, but no review. So yeah, somebody write us a goddamn review. You know what, Joe? I'm saying this right now. If there's not a new review on there by next week, I'm not doing the podcast next week. Okay?
1: You're going to protest until we have a new review.
0: Until there, there are no more podcasts, until one of these lazy listeners out there just write anything. Just write whatever you want. Give us a one-star review. Even I don't a bad
1: care. review. I take a bad yeah. review. Yeah.
0: Just do something. Come on. Okay. We, uh, we know how many people listen to this podcast. We know nobody actually reviews it. So give me a break, you lazy bums. All right, so that's it. (laughs) Joe, see you next week.
1: Thanks, Dan.